Hi, this is a message from Life Church Leeds. We hope it encourages and helps you. Before we get into things, let's read things through a Bible study of Colossians. So we did Colossians chapter 1, and today we're going to do the end of chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2. Uh, so Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, we'll start there. And it says, I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, revealed to them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. So that's us, we're, we're the Gentiles. Um, and this is the secret. Christ lived all wisdom, God, all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. That is why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea. So this is chapter two now. And for many other believers who have never met me personally, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by, str by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are, you are all living as you should, and that your faith in Christ is strong. And then chapter 6 goes on to say, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow deep down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fulfillment of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and, when, and with him you were raised to new life, because you trusted the mighty power of God, who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sin, and because, your sin, because of your sinful nature was not yet cut out. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the records of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today and this opportunity um, that we have to gather, to share in your word, to share in fellowship. Holy Spirit, open our hearts to receive from your word, and I uh, pray that you'll give me the strength and you'll speak through me, um, and that we'll all have open ears to be able to hear what you have to say to us today. 
Okay, so that was a bit of a lengthy um, reading, but that is our reading for today. And um, before we go any further, I want to do a bit of a recap on what we did last week, or two weeks ago now, yeah, two weeks ago now, and then kind of give us a little bit more context. So last week we talked about how it's important for us to know who God is, who Jesus is more specifically, not the Jesus that we want him to be, but the Jesus that he actually is. And we talked about this concept of moralistic, therapeutic deism. Mono, what? What? Huh? Moralistic, therapeutic deism. And that just basically means that, you know, moralistic, what we think is right and wrong, therapeutic, um, what makes us feel good, and deism, what we believe to be God. And so often, the idea is that actually a lot of people who claim to be Christians or who claim to know who Jesus is, is presenting a version of Jesus that thinks what is, good and what is good and bad makes them feel good. And so we actually end up having gods that are not the real God or a Jesus that is not the real Jesus, but our version, our understanding of who Jesus is. And how actually that's not right. We should know Jesus for who he is. We should look to him. We should look to um, understand who he is in our lives and not who we want him to be to us. He is God, we are not God, and we should put him in his rightful place. Amen? Amen. So that's where we ended off uh, uh, last couple of weeks ago. And um, I'm not sure how much you guys remembered who came but, or uh, how much you guys know who didn't come last time about the Church of Colossae. So it was started by Epaphras, who was a fellow follower of Jesus Christ. And um, he went to visit Paul, who was far, far away in prison somewhere. And so Paul is actually writing these letters from prison. And basically, in uh, the church of Colossae, there were these two groups. So you had your Jews who'd become Christians, and they were all about, you know, the things that we had to do, the do's and don'ts, the law, the 600 laws that we must follow in order to know that we are truly Christians. And then you had the other side, people who believed in lots of gods. They had Zeus, they had Poseidon, they had Hades. I don't know if I'm mixing Greek mythology and the Norse mythology, but you know, you know what I mean. They had a pantheon of gods, and they thought, you know what, Jesus is just going to be one of these gods too. So they were like, nah, man, it's all cool. I don't need to follow all your rules. I got lots of gods to follow. This is just one of them. I'm cool, I'm cool, you know. And so we had these two groups, these um, opposing groups, well, not really opposing, but these groups that came from different worldviews that were coming to Christ and trying to figure out how do we navigate following Jesus. And, um, and I think that tension is kind of what I want to talk about, and I want to talk about it in three different areas of this scripture. Um, and because there's that tension, I named, I named my message Goldilocks and the Three Christians, because you have one Christian over here who's all about the rules, one Christian over here who's worshiping lots of God, and, and the Christian who is just right. Um, and that's Paul trying to show us which Christian is just right. So yeah, let's go into it a little bit and talk about these tensions. So the first one um, is in um, Colossians chapter 1 verse uh, 27 that says, For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too, and that this is the secret. Are you ready for it, guys? This is the secret. Christ lives in you. Do I need to say that again? Christ lives in you. Turn to your neighbor and say, Christ lives in you. 
I've always wanted to do that. You know, preachers always say, turn to your neighbor. That's just a like, cool thing to do. Um, but yeah, so Christ lives in us. And I think for all of us, we, this is probably something that we all know. And it's kind of like, oh, that's a no-brainer. You know, we become a Christian. We invite Jesus into our lives. And oh, you've gone with your life. But actually, this was a new revelation to the Gentiles of that time. They were just used to worshiping lots of different gods who were outside of them, who had a relationship with them. Maybe, maybe not, but were all outside of them. Even their Jewish perception of God, yes, God was working in and through you, but it's, he didn't live in you, you know. And so here we have Paul writing something that is completely foreign to everybody in this time, saying that actually Jesus, like Jesus lives inside you. And that it's a game changer. But we probably don't see it as a game changer because we have privilege in knowing that from the minute we're Christians, you know. We have, Christ, um, we have the privilege of knowing that immediately once we give our lives to Christ, that, oh yeah, Christ lives within me, that's cool. I'm a new creation, I'm transformed, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm Gucci. Um, but actually, it's a profound thing to have Jesus, the God of everything, living within us. So my question to us today is, my first question to us today is, do we live our lives like Christ lives in us? Do we live our lives like Christ lives in us? Do we have faith that Christ lives in us? Not just that he exists, not just that we know of him, but that we know him and we know that he lives in us. You know, some people have sold their souls to all types of things. You know, you see all these conspiracy theories and stuff. But do you know that our souls have been bought with a price by Jesus? That we are, we, we, we are redeemed through his sacrifice on the cross. If somebody challenged you about your faith, are you grounded enough in your knowing that Christ lives within you, that you wouldn't be disillusioned, you wouldn't be scared off? So... I want to tell you guys a story about um, my dad. My dad is one of the strongest Christians I know. Um, uh, and uh, it was awesome growing up with him uh, and being inspired by him and his faith. But I remember him telling me this story about when he newly became a Christian. And uh, he had this Muslim friend and he was going back and forth. He was like, yo, Jesus was born on Christmas Day. And his friend was like, nah, man, you tripping. You don't know what's going on. Jesus wasn't born on Christmas Day. What you talking about? He's like, nah, 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 nah. You need to know that Jesus was born on Christmas Day. And then his friend's like, nah, you believe in a bogus religion. You don't even know what you're talking about. Jesus wasn't born on Christmas Day. So my dad's like, you know what? I'm going to go away. I'm going to look it up. And I'm going to come back and show you where it says Jesus was born on Christmas Day. He goes away. He looks it up. And he's like, Jesus wasn't born on Christmas Day. <laughs> what am I going to do now? And he was genuinely like disillusioned. He was like, oh my gosh, like, oh, I, I thought this was so true. And, and yet, yeah, it wasn't like, I thought, I thought I had this on lockdown. I thought I knew what I was talking about, but, but I don't. And in that moment, he ha began to question like, what else might I be wrong about? You know, this, am I, you know, really Christian? Do I, do I really, do, do I really know Jesus? And he, he lost his confidence for a hot minute. You know, he did a little trip and fall, but luckily, by the grace of God, he came back in Jesus' name. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, are we going to get knocked down in our faith when we're challenged? Or do we know that Christ lives in us? Are we rooted in that understanding that Christ lives in us? Um, yeah, so I forgot here that when you know, you grow. Spiritual maturity is trusting in Jesus, hearing and obeying quickly. And I put in brackets listening. And I think what I meant to say by that is 
When you know Jesus lives in you, you begin to develop that relationship with him. You begin to grow in understanding who he is, who he is to us and what he wants from us. And in that, we begin to know him more and we begin to grow in spiritual maturity and we begin to be grounded in him more. And by being more grounded in him, what being grounded in him looks like is learning to trust him quicker, learning to listen to what he says and act on it quicker. In um, the Bible, when it talks about the word listen, I've said this to if, if you, if you know me, you know I've said this before. Um, Matruth's looking at me like, oh, not this story again. But <laughs> basically, the idea of listening in the Bible is not just to hear something, but it's actually to hear, understand, and change your actions based on what you heard. And so the more we grow in Christ, the more we mature in the understanding that Jesus lives in us, the God of everything lives in us, the more that changes the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we sleep, the way we breathe, the way we interact with the world around us. And um, yeah, I've just got here that everything is found in Jesus. So even if there are things that you think are lacking, even if there are things that you think, oh yeah, Jesus is in me, but I don't know. I'm going to be like these guys over here, you know, I got Jesus in me, and that's, like, really cool, but, like, I don't want to miss that TV show, though. Like, Love Island is on, and, like, I got, I got to watch it. Like, yo, do you know what happened to Trevor, like, the other day? You know, like, no, like, yeah, we can have all these other gods, but actually, there's only one God. There's only one king of kings. Even if these things are kings over your life, there's a king of kings. Anyway, I'll talk about that more later on. So that's the first point. Do we know that Jesus lives in you? Do we know that Jesus lives in us? And what does that look like for us? My second point is, if we go down to chapter 8, uh, it says, see to, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies, which depend on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces Ooh. of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. And so, you know, we talked a little bit about these two people and the tension they were having in trying to, to figure out, you know, there's the too much, um, too, too hot, there was the too cold, and there was the just right, right? So we've got the people who are all about the do's and don'ts, the Jews that have just come in who are... Um, all about the rules, what we need to do and what we, we don't need to do. And they were quite oppressive to the Gentiles of the time because they were like, if you're not circumcised, if you don't stop eating pork, you're going to hell. And I don't know about you, but I don't know anywhere in the Bible where it says, if you ain't circumcised or if you're not eating pork, you're going to hell. Um, so, you know, they were putting this pressure that wasn't there, that, that Jesus never gave us uh, in our salvation. The Bible says, who, who the sun sets free is free indeed. You know, we've been given a freedom to enjoy within uh, the understanding and um, confines of what God has told us to be good, the life that he's given us. And these, these people were saying, no, 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 that's not true. You got to eat a certain diet and these things. And those are philosophical ideas that are just not true. And Paul is telling us here, don't be swayed by those things. Don't be swayed by people who are involved in legalism or the do's and don'ts. And I know personally for me, I was one of those people who was like, the Bible says this, y'all are sinners. Everybody going to hell. I'm going, you know. And I was, I was a, bit of a, a bit of an intense guy not too long ago. And, you know, God had to show me that by his grace we are saved, not by our works. I remember I was reading with my friend. I don't know if anybody knows him here, but he's one of my best friends. His name is Philip. He's... Yay tall, 
Um, and he, we, I don't know, I, uh, when I was, I don't know, 15, uh, 17, 18, I, um, I, uh, I don't know, I had this awakening in my heart, in my spirit, that now nah, I need to take this Christian thing more seriously. I've been moving a bit mad, you know what I mean? You know when you're moving a bit mad? You know, there's, there's BC days, before Christ days, but then you have your BR days, before Revelation, before you were like, oh, before you knew. So those are my BR days, my BR days, yeah, yeah. BR days, yeah. So I was moving a bit different, innit, <clears throat> to say the least. So, um, and I was chilling at home one day, and I was like, nah, I need to take this thing more seriously. So I go back to uni, um, and I'm like, yo, Phil, we need to take this thing more seriously. I ain't been doing this right. I need to change my life. And he's like, me too. I feel you. I need to change my life. I was like, we should start reading our Bible every day. He's like, mm, maybe every week. I was like, yeah, 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 every week. And he was like, let's do it together. I was like, yeah, let's do it together. He was like, 6.30 a.m. I was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> and 6.30 a.m., we did it every week. 6.30 a.m., we read our word, and sometimes 6.30 came 7 or 8, sometimes it was 6.30 p.m., but hey, it got done, it got done, you know what I mean? It got done. So we would read our word, and we would, um, we went through Romans. If any of you guys know Ty in any way, shape, or form, you know he says in any way, shape, or form all the time, but you also know that he loves the book of Romans. So I was like, this is a great book. I'm going to read through this. I'm going to be so encouraged in my faith. And I read through it, and I was like, my conclusion, whether you think it's silly or not, this was my genuine conclusion. <sighs> I am not good enough to be a Christian. Therefore, I am not going to be a Christian, and I'm just going to accept whatever fate that then gives me, because I am not worthy of this God who is so big and so sovereign. And I wrestled with that for a long time, for a very long time, until I went to this Bible study and somebody said, yeah, but what about grace, though? And I was like, oh my gosh, there's grace. Isn't that amazing? And so it's not by my works, it's not by the things I do, it's not the fact that I've fallen short. Yes, Romans also says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It says, um, um, we, we know that the word tells us and tells us that the law is there to show us that we will never qualify. We will never be able to do anything by our power to attain our salvation, to attain eternal relationship with Christ. And that is the power of grace. We actually all deserve, we all deserve eternal separation from God. We all deserve, I'm going to be bold and honest with you guys, we all deserve to go to hell. We all deserve to not stay with a perfect God who cannot stand anything but perfection. But through his grace, and through his grace alone, he's given us the opportunity for eternal relationship with him. Amen. Amen. Um, and so yeah, that's my second point. It's not about the do's and don'ts. It's about the grace uh, of the Lord. And there's, th there's that group who's telling us it's all about the laws and it's all about the things that we have to do. But then on the other side, there's the group that's saying, oh no, we got many gods and you know, we can worship any of them. And it's like totally fine because Zeus said to Hera that I was gonna be great today. Or you know, my star sign says to me today that it's gonna be a lovely day. Or I burnt some sage this morning and the universe, I just had this connection. You know, it's not about that either, you know, because those in themselves are do's and don'ts that don't actually align with the power of Jesus living in us and the grace that then affords us. So it's not just about those who are here saying, oh no, there's the do's and don'ts of the law because actually the law is supposed to show us the need we have for grace. But it's also about the people over here saying, 
you know, but there's all these other gods in my life that I can worship. I can worship my personal, Lord, the, the Lord is helping me watch less TV, you know. I'm, I, I must admit, it's an idol in my life, and the Lord is working on my soul. I'm there on a Saturday like, now nah, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, Jesus. I'm going to spend time with you today. After I watched like seven hours of some TV show that I don't even remember, you know. So having lots of gods is also a form of do's and don'ts that is contrary to the word and will of God that tells us to understand that Christ lives in us and understands the grace that comes from that. So that's my second point. That's that second tension. And finally, what I want to kind of end with us today uh, is this concept of Christ before all else, Christ Bay. <laughs> you get it before all else? No, okay, I'm done. That's great. So, so anyway, so <laughs> therefore, as you receive, this is uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus as the Lord, uh, sorry, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. That's the ESV version. Um, the NLT version says, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. I'll, I'll say that again. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow deep into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. And so, back to Christ Bay. Oh man, I can't believe I said that. Yeah, so back to Christ Bay. Um, this scripture, Paul is trying to urge us, encourage us, that if we are going to understand how to live like Christ lives in us, if we are going to understand how to live separate of the do's and don'ts of both camps, if we're gonna learn how to traverse the tension between too much law and not understanding who God is in our lives properly, we need to continue to follow him. We need to let our roots grow deep in him. So how do we experience the fullness of God? Uh, by living in fullness, in relationship with his son. And this is the same son that, like I just said, and I hope you've heard me say it a thousand times because that's the driving point of this message. Jesus lives in us. And um, nothing else matters. You know, we already talked about that we can't do anything by works and to get to Christ by ourselves, we need to be perfect. And I got this quote that says, we cannot perfect in the flesh what was begun in the spirit. So Christ began to work in us, in our spirit. He began to work by dying for us on the cross, by his grace. He, be he began to work by then deciding, giving us the privilege to live in relationship with him, to know who he is, to let him dwell within us, to let him help us navigate those tensions and ultimately to put him as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God over all gods in our life. And Jesus said with his own mouth, he said, um, 
Let me read what he said so I don't watch this. Matthew chapter 10, verse 37 to 39. It says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. That's a powerful scripture. Compared to loving our parents, compared to loving our children, we should love God more. Yeah, that is our call. We should put him as a God above all gods. We should put him as a thing, as our bay before all else. We should put him before everything. And when we begin to meditate and reflect and realize what that means in our life, when we begin to, you know, deep it, deep that Jesus lives in us and walk that out truly, when we put him above all other gods, we get everything because he is everything. All good things, the word says, come from God. So he is everything, all good things. If you want all good things, go deeper in God. And I'm not saying that that means life's going to be easy. <laughs> Y'all know life's not going to be easy, you know? But I am saying that what we know in part now, we will know in full when we see him in its, his eternal glory. And we will get a glimpse, we will get a reflection, we will get a reflection of heaven on earth because Christ lives in us. As Jesus lives in us, we will experience heaven on earth. The Bible says, um, whatever is bound in heaven, oh, bound on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever is loosened uh, on earth will be loosened in heaven. God has given us that authority and that power by and, that, and, and knowing that comes from an understanding that he lives in us, that w within him dwelling within us empowers us to bind and loose things. And so I want to leave us with a few tidbits, a few practical things that we can do. Um, so the first thing is to read our Bibles. And I don't know if we can get this graphic up today. And I know you probably heard this a thousand times, but it's like this literally, read your Bibles. So it says here, if you read for six minutes every single day, you will be able to finish reading the Bible in two years. If you read for 12 minutes, you'll be able to finish the Bible in a year. If you read for 25 minutes, you'll be able to finish the Bible in six months. And for all your king beans, if you read two hours and 29 minutes every day, you'll be able to finish the whole Bible in a month. Now, I'm not saying y'all need to go finish the Bible in a month. Like, I don't think you'd really, I mean, I, I, I don't do that. But if you want to, you can. Um, but yeah, dedicate some time to the, to the word. Uh, we as Christians are in relationship with Christ. What does it mean to be in relationship with somebody? To hang out with them, to laugh with them, to cry with them, to share our deepest, darkest secrets, to not gossip, but share our frustrations with them. Um, and so to do that, you need to spend time. And so a great way we can spend time with God, knowing his likes and dislikes, a good way we can understand Jesus is by reading what he did and what he says. And we can't do that if we don't read the word. The next thing is to pray. Pray by yourself. And prayer is not just the thing you do to say, um, oh, hello, Jesus, thank you. Make my day good. Okay, bye. It's 
communication with God, it's talking to Him, it's developing that relationship. And don't just pray by yourself, pray with others. Like I mentioned, that scripture that talks about um, binding and loosing, it actually, before, this, before that part, it says, where two or three or more are gathered, you know? And next is to reflect on the sacrifice of Christ, to understand that we truly deserve nothing. If you want, this is something I've been doing a lot recently, if you want something to truly humble you and help you love other people better, just take some time every day to reflect on how much you don't deserve a relationship with God. Just take some time, think about it. Think about that if you sin, you deserve um, the punishment of the wages of sin is death, the Bible says. So if you sin, you deserve to die. Every time you sin, you deserve to die. So I woke up in this morning, oh, and I had a lustful thought, oh man, I deserve to die. I woke up this morning, I told an incy bincy white lie, oh, I deserve to die. And it's not a message to make everybody gloomy, but it's to tell you the reality of the, the other option, the reality of what it looks like to not walk in fellowship with Christ, to not walk with Him in you. And even then, in His grace, by His power, we have been given the opportunity to live in eternal relationship with Him, to go to a place after we die where there's no more sickness, where there's no pain, where there's no more crying. That's amazing. That's humbling. And that helps me love other people better because I think about how many things that people do to me that I get annoyed about. And then I think about how many, thing, how many times I do those same things to God every single day. Oh man, that guy, I told him to put the toilet seat down. He didn't put it down. He didn't obey me. Well, how many times do you disobey the Lord, David? Oh, Whew. I begin to feel differently. I begin to have a different level of grace for people around me. Meditate, reflect on the sacrifice that the Lord has given us. And finally, as we grow in understanding of who Jesus is in us, as we grow in understanding of the, uh, the reality that we need to put him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we then need to obey what he says. Following somebody means to go where they go, even if it feels uncomfortable to us, even if it feels like, nah, 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 that don't feel good. I wanna tell you guys a little secret, not everything that feels good is good, and not everything that feels bad is bad. So actually, sometimes God will, Jesus will be walking in a way that it's uncomfortable to us, but we need to trust that he is Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Put him in his place, know who he is in us, and let that transform our hearts to be able to obey him. So that's me for today. And the things I've talked about here are all things relating to if you are in Christ. But all that can't happen if you don't first accept him as King of Kings. If you don't first accept that all have fallen short and we all deserve nothing but eternity and separation from all things good. And I don't know if there's anybody today who doesn't know Jesus. I don't know if there's anybody today who's feeling or who's convicted in their spirit that, yeah, maybe I need to change the things I'm doing. I need to change the lifestyle I'm living and live in this lifestyle because all of these things are empty. They're finite. The way the world asks us to live is finite. 
And it doesn't end in anything good. It ends in death, destruction, and sadness. And again, I don't mean to be all doom and gloom, but I just want to be real. That, that's the reality we face. And we have an alternative of all good things. And Jesus is reaching his hand out to each and every one of us, to those who know him, to say, hello, my child. I want to, oh, hello, my friend. I want to keep walking on this journey with you. I want to show you all the amazing things I have for you. But he's also saying to those who don't know him, hello, my friend, hello, um, person. I want to be your friend. I want to show you everything I have in store for you. I want to walk with you every day. And if we go all rise to our feet in this moment, to our feet in this moment, and if we go all just close our eyes and bow our heads, and take some time in this moment to reflect, to reflect on that sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son and whosoever believed in him will not perish, will not die, but have life eternal. And if there's anybody in here today who doesn't know Jesus, who wants that life eternal, Jesus is saying, hey, I wanna be your friend. In the word, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary. Come to me, all who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. He wants to give you rest. In this time of uncertainty, where there's so much going on with the pandemic, you know, divorce rates are through the roof. You know, people who are, uh, theft is through the roof. Anxiety is through the roof. Suicide is through the roof. All these negative things are on the increase. But Jesus is saying, come to me, and I will give you rest. Rest for your spirit, soul, and body. Rest for your mind. So if that's anybody in here today that wants to give their life to Jesus, that wants to say, Jesus, I want to be your friend. I want to follow you. I just wanted to do something as a declaration that, yeah, I want to start this journey. And nobody's looking around. It's just me. And I want you guys to lift your hand if that's you today. Don't be scared, don't be shy. You're, you're lifting your hand as a declaration of coming into everything because Jesus is everything. Inviting him to your life is inviting him into everything. And if you have your hand up, you can put it down now. Um, thank you, Jesus. And for all of us who are here, I know I've gone way over time and I'm sorry guys, but I don't think this can be rushed. For all of us who are here who do know Jesus, I want to ask you a question. Do you really know him? Do you really, really know him? Do you know that he lives in you? Has he transformed the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you think? Reflecting on the sacrifice that he gave you on the cross, reflecting on the fact that we deserve nothing and he gave us everything. Do you really know him? And it's my real encouragement, it's my real challenge to everyone, go home, think about that. <laughs> think about it, reflect on it, and ask God afresh to, to reveal to you what it looks like to walk with him. So in this moment, I think it'd be great if we pray to round up and if everybody could repeat after me for those who are giving their lives for the first time and for all us who maybe need to come back to Jesus as our friend. So if we could all close our eyes and repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for 
giving your life on the cross for me. I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to walk in relationship with you. I want to say sorry for all the things that I've done that were against what you want me to do. I choose today afresh to walk with you. Help me, Lord, to choose the porridge that's just right. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much. Um, and we're going to have uh, the worship team close for us in a song.